Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. I know I say this every episode, but actually this one's true. A big episode today, Dan. First step in our journey. Mm. The first book of the Cradle series, Unsold. Would you say we're at the foundation stage? I, I would. I would say that. We're at the foundation stage. We have finished Unsold, the entirety of Unsold. So this this episode is going to be about our discussion of the whole book. As mentioned previously, we are doing kind of a cradle marathon here, where we're, at least for now, doing one book per episode. So this one just unsold. And I want to say Dan and I have both have both read the entire series, but we're trying to keep it we're trying to keep it spoiler free here. So this episode should be free. If you've only read Unsold, this episode should be fine for you. And then, okay, some just another housekeeping note. We're we're trying to do this series a little bit differently, where we're trying to incorporate more listener interaction in this. So what that means for this episode, just going to be me and Dan. For the next episode and future episodes, we would love to hear from you guys. Love to hear comments on the the episode that we just did that you may have just listened to. And then we'll maybe incorporate those comments into our next episode. We would also love to hear comments if you've already read the book that we're about to do. We'd love to hear suggestions on what you would like us to talk about. So if you have any of those, uh, a number of ways to get that to us. Email us, dcbc at don'tcalledabookclub.com, or tweet at us, send us a DM. I think our Twitter handle is at dcitabc. And then I'm also going to be making a post, I think for every episode, on the the Cradle subreddit. So comment on that post with any any comments that you would like to include in our next episode and uh we'll get to them absolutely and that subreddit is called iteration 110 i think or something along those lines we'll we'll let's we'll post it in the show notes yeah. how about that yeah 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 sounds good all right Luke, okay i we we normally do a warm-up this is going to be a long episode, I, I think. So I think we should just jump into Unsold. Agreed. Definitely. Luke, I have a particular place I'd like to start today's episode. So okay. you and I took a class called Chemistry chemistry of Art or something like that. And we learned you could look at a painting with this special technique uh, and you could kind of see what the artist was thinking in the early stages before it formed into its final work and while i was reading this book i think i had a glimpse of the book that will started writing before he ended up with unsold oh so okay so are you saying that you you can see the kind of underlying sketch that he did yes and then he filled in the details or are you saying he you can see one way that he was going to take the book and then he decided to take it a different way. I think it's both. So okay. I can see the underlying sketch and I can see the skeleton that he then hung unsold on. But I think it looks radically different from the skeleton. Okay. This started as a Pokemon fan fiction. <laughs> okay. All right. So Luke, what? Tell, me, tell me what Pokemon are. Okay, okay, so we've got Pokemon or I guess essentially sacred beasts. Uh or remnants. Or remnants. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so we've got remnants. Remnants are Pokemon. These are the things we know about remnants. Number one, they can evolve. Over time, they can boost their power and upgrade, just like a Pokemon. Number two, they can be given commands by people to do specific things. In fact, we essentially see a Pokemon battle when Lyndon captures the Hornets and has them fight for him on stage against the 
way patriarch's grandson. So they can be given commands to do things just like Pokemon. There are, there are different types of remnants. You've got your ground types. You've got your light types. Bunch of different options. Just like Pokemon. Uh, Linden traps the Hornets in essentially a Pokeball. <laughs> this, is, this is where I, I, I joined you. Yeah. Because like a Pokeball, he basically like breaks the seal of it and they fly out and attack. Right. Right. Okay. Here's the other thing. Some of them have special moves they can use. We've got the bat that can phase in and out of existence. We've got the rabbit that can teleport. Okay, these are just special moves that these Pokemon have learned. Quick attack. Quick attack. Uh, fly. Aw, oh, classics. So, so I'm fairly confident that when Will started writing this, he started writing a Pokemon fan fiction and then realized, oh, I could do better. I could do better than this. <laughs> High praise. Better than <laughs> Pokemon fan fiction. Okay. I, I'm just really excited to see Flash Getchum somewhere in this world with a whole jacket full of these pots that have remnants that he's collecting on his quest to catch them all. Oh, that'd be such a great... Yeah, okay, that's got to be a tie-in. Somewhere, there's got to be a Flash get Getchum. There's got to be some character that's basically his path is that he's very in tune with remnants and his name is going to be ash and I, I can see it now okay and and he uses the remnants to fight for him because they're very powerful right these wasps take on an iron in a pretty significant way right i will say you have to you have to bargain you can't just like tell them what to do you have to bargain with the remnants sure but but i i imagine this future ash character is gonna have a path designed to do that exactly okay i agree with you i agree with you there where i thought you were gonna go with this mm -hmm. is that the sacred beasts would be basically the pokemon well no those, but, are, those are the legendary pokemon oh okay okay good point but let me let me just take us in a in a diff, in a slightly different direction. Okay. The the example that we get is the snow fox here, where I don't know if it's if it's the same time period for all animals, but I think they say something like after a hundred years, they become sacred beasts, and get you know do this evolving process. Am I reading this correctly that animals live forever? Mm. And and hear me out on this. Mm -hmm. Let's say let's say my grandfather had a dog. Mm -hmm. We love this dog. Very old. He's like he's like 90 years old is this dog oh. when it's handed down to me. And we love this dog. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. On his 100th birthday, he learns how to talk. Sign me up. I don't know why we're not seeing pets here. Okay. I think this is a fantastic point because I hadn't even considered pets. When, when you mentioned this, I just thought how much worse it is that Lyndon runs into people trying to murder foxes that could potentially live thousands of years and it seems like they're doing it kind of just for fun. Like, they're doing it because there's a legend that it will help your advancement. But also, you know that these foxes live forever. But let's come back to the pets, because I think this is incredible. I think the only reason why I might not want that deal, why I might not sign up for that deal, is if the dog starts talking but sucks. Oh, that's risky. Like, if the dog is constantly telling you the story of how he almost caught that squirrel one time, and you're like, dude, I heard this story five or six times already. I don't want to hear it again. You are kind of stuck with the dog for eternity. Unless you, until you die. Which also, we don't really know if people die of old age in this world. So maybe it's, your grandfather would never give up the dog. 
Oh, it seems to me like the more at a certain level of advancement, you kind of stop aging. Mm -hmm. So if you're like only making it to iron, let's say, you're probably dying of old age. Mm. But if you're making it past that, you, I don't know, can live, I don't know how long, let's say indefinitely. Okay. But that also opens the door to a great companionship. That's a great point. Yeah. Imagine someone, if you're someone going, you're, you're well past gold, you can live for however many years, and you've got a, you don't even have to settle for, okay, settle for, you don't even have to choose dog, but let's say you're choosing dog. You've got this dog companion that's continuously growing like stronger and smarter with you for millennia. Yeah, that's that, great. that does sound incredible. Uh, ooh, but Luke, then there's the risk. You know, day one, you're obviously the master and the dog is your pet. But I hit year 1000. Is the dog, what's the dog's growth like? Because maybe year 1000, the dog says, you know what? You're my pet now. You're my pet. I'm way more powerful than you. So here, eat out of this bowl, person. I would have to think that your your bond is stronger than that at that point. Mm, okay, that's a few. That's a future problem. Okay, it's always a future problem until it's a now problem, Luke. Until you've got a dog <laughs> who's saying, "Here, put this leash on. We're going for a walk." Yeah. Nobody. That wants that, that puts the that basically makes you know. Currently, when you go, if you're going to get a dog, you go to the pound. It's kind of risky. You know, you don't know what kind of dog you're going to get because you don't have that much information. If you're if you're sticking with this dog for a thousand years and maybe in a thousand years he's your master, that's a big that's a big risk you're taking. Are we talking too much about pets here? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I think this is a good place to talk about the white fox a little bit. Are you, you, do you mean el, like the... Elder Whisper. Okay, Elder Whisper. Yes. And I have a theory about Elder Whisper. So Elder Whisper is the most powerful sacred beast in the like Way clan and one of the most powerful sacred beasts in the Sacred Valley. We also get a glimpse of his abilities because he can kind of see the future. At one point, he mentions to Lyndon that he can see his future a little bit. And he's very interested. He's very interested in Lyndon. Elder Whisper is. And not really anybody else is in the Sacred Valley. Sure, the first elder is a little interested and his parents are kind of interested. But the White Fox is particularly interested in Lyndon. Who else in this story, who's incredibly powerful, is interested in Lyndon? Suriel. The, the phoenix, you mean. Oh, yes, the phoenix. Suriel. Hmm. Interesting. And Suriel seems to be a part of, like, a larger organization with people that are kind of similar to Suriel, right? Similar, like, in power level, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, she, okay, men- sure. she mentions other judges, there at the end Mm -hmm. and like has a conversation with one um and suriel also one of the abilities that she demonstrates is the ability to look into the future and so it seems like this kind of level that these people are on they can see the future suriel is looking for someone who's that person luke so she's looking for one of the other judges Mm -hmm. osriel Yes. She's looking for Osriel the Reaper. The Reaper. And we kind of get that Osriel has stopped doing his job and is on the run because he doesn't want to do his job anymore. We also learn that Osriel was originally from Cradle. So if I'm on the run as a super powerful being and I need somewhere to hide out, I might consider going back to my home planet, but I'm not going to do it out in the open. I'm not going to be in my normal form 
of, hey, look at me. I'm a guy walking around just hiding out from a super powerful judge. I've got to conceal myself. I've got to hide myself in some way. What is the path of the white fox known for? Okay, they're known for like illusions and stuff. Illusion and deception, Luke. What a better place for Osriel to hide than right under Suriel's nose, than right under everyone's noses. Do, do you understand what my theory is, Luke? Are you trying to say that Elder Whisper is Osriel? Absolutely. Okay, okay. Whew. So there's... <laughs> I think there are a lot of theories about who or about where Osriel is. Okay. This is the first time I'm, seeing, I'm hearing this one? Yeah. And I'll say, I don't know, I don't know if there's a lot of evidence for that. What? I just, what? I didn't, I didn't tell you what the theory was. You came to the theory when I presented you the evidence. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's, okay, let's think about this. So, by, I guess the, the kind of history that we get, I don't know who we get it from. Like, maybe it's Lyndon. Mm-hmm. The history of the Way Clan has Elder Whisper being basically the founder, right? Yes. Yes. And they mention that the Way Clan goes back, like I don't know, I don't know how long, a thousand years, yeah, something like that. So that would mean that Osriel has been here for a thousand years, which could potentially still be the case. Like I don't know how much, I don't know how time runs in. Suriel's mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but maybe a thousand years for her is like just a day right and we've also like seen that. that they can manipulate the flow of time in crazy ways so like definitely time is like a different thing for those people okay but so i don't let's, let's... i don't think it necessarily means Osriel has been there for a thousand years okay maybe when he was on cradle he met elder whisper and was like, hey, if I ever get in a bind, can I hide out in your place and pretend to be you? Like, we're all cool with deception and stuff, so you just hide, or I'll just hide there, and I'll pretend to be one of your little clones walking around. That's an option. Okay. Another option is, maybe Elder Whisper did live for a, a good while, and then Osriel needed a place to hide out, and he is called the Reaper. (laughs) <laughs> okay here's the so yeah but okay so we're we're basically just saying this because white fox madra is used for illusion and i will say i had something here that was basically saying that elder whisper has to be much more powerful than anyone thinks mm-hmm. because of his like you can't i don't think one step up from jade which is gold i don't think you're like reading fate at gold right we the only person we've seen do that is surreal aside from elder whisper who else can read fate show me another person i will say elder whisper is well in my mind is well above gold Mm -hmm. so he's he's weirdly powerful Mm -hmm. and he does have these illusion and deception powers. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Luke, I think you're assuming seeing the future is based on your like power level. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know if you just become powerful enough that you can see the future, or if this is like a technology or a skill that these people specifically have learned. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I will say that I agree with you. Like, if you're on a certain path and you get to the same level as Surreal, that doesn't mean you can see the future. Right. Like, you have right. to be on a specific path that allows that, but I do think you still have to be at a certain level. Okay. I think that's like you're not. I think that's If true. you're like a copper on the path of seeing fate, you're not seeing fate. You still have to be, like, way up there. Okay. Okay. Definitely fair. Definitely fair. Uh... The other thing that that I think tipped me off to this a little bit, just a little piece of extra evidence for you, because I know you're not convinced yet. Lyndon said they put scripts on Elder Whisper's door to keep him in. Obviously, that's not doing anything, right? Obviously, that's not keeping him in. So then what are those scripts actually for? 
And I think it is a way to conceal Elder Whisper from Suriel and the other people who are looking for him. I, it's not meant to keep him in. It's meant to conceal where he is from them. Okay. Because what else would those scripts be for? Everybody in the clan's got to know they're not doing anything, right? I mean, I think everyone in the clan thinks they're doing stuff. Against the most powerful creature that they know? They have no idea how powerful he is, though, right? I'm pretty sure that they still think that he's a jade. Hmm. Maybe. But, okay, so, so they're doing something... I will say I think it's keeping his his physical body in that location because okay. I got the sense that the you know the scene we get at the end where he's following around Lyndon I got the sense that that's not his physical body maybe but, but I'm not but I'm not positive see but I got the sense it was but, like what Suriel did when she took Lyndon everywhere and so it was like Elder Whisper is following Lyndon around just like Suriel followed like took Lyndon linden around everywhere okay i mean i think i think either way your point is still valid here that the scripts aren't doing what they're what what we would originally have thought that they would be doing right so what are they doing luke a lot of questions there's a lot of questions about elder whisper i think i've provided some pretty good explanations if you choose not to accept them luke that's that's on you but i see no other good candidates for osriel right now okay Okay, sure, sure, sure. This would be this would be a good a good opportunity if anyone wants to give us their theories about Elder Whisper because I will say I had some questions about Elder Whisper. Dan's, I don't know if your theory is quite convincing me yet. Mm, okay. Okay. We'll see, we'll see as the as time goes on, but if anyone has some competing theories or or more evidence for Dan's theory, let us know. Hit me up this would be it. a good opportunity for that. Let's you mentioned you mentioned the first elder. Mm-hmm. Very briefly. I think the first elder is also a very interesting character. Absolutely. Yeah. So he's let's first say the first elder is not the leader of the clan, the patriarch is. So he's in theory below the patriarch. Mm-hmm. He's in theory a jade. Uh-huh. I know where you're going with this, yeah. But there are some questions that I have about this scene where Lyndon humiliates the father of the Mon family, I think. Mm-hmm. Their, their little rival family that they get in, in that, little, that little fight with. Yeah. The father of the Mon family is about to strike Lyndon's father. And there's a little moment where the first elder, like, switches places with Lyndon's dad and does this incredible move. And I think Lyndon himself, even when this happens says he should not be able to do that. Yes. Lyndon our, does like say our, that. our path does not allow for that unless some, he would like had planned it for, which I don't know, maybe, maybe that's possible, but also kind of weird. I still, I would have questions about that. Yeah. And so, so I think we need to come up with something that, that explains this a little right because the alternative is that he teleported right this is what i have written down too is it seems like he teleported in a major way and not just it, it in an seems... illusion way it seems like he physically was in one place and then swapped places with somebody else that right so it, seem it seems like he up. physically teleported himself and linden's dad right and we know that he follows the path of the white fox. Mm-hmm. But Lyndon says, and granted, Lyndon doesn't know very much, but Lyndon says that this, the path of the white fox does not allow for that. Yes. Let's, let's say that Lyndon's right. Okay, let's, for now, I think I'd like to come back to Lyndon being wrong, but let's okay. say he's right. That means that either the first elder is well beyond anything that Lyndon or anyone of the clan has seen before, Mm -hmm. which I don't know, maybe the elders passed Jade. That's, that's a potential theory, but that's not what I'm saying here. Okay. My other theory is that, is that the elders Osriel. Okay. Now Luke, I don't know about this. It's not, it's not that the elders Osriel. Okay. (laughs) My other theory 
And this is, this is one that doesn't really impact the story that much. But if it's not, if he's not using the path of the white fox, he's using a different path. Oh. But he does normally follow the path of the white fox. Now, Lyndon read a manual that was from an unknown source, I think, that explains this guy coming up with the path of the twin stars that allows you to split your core, which Lyndon eventually does. And we know that that allows you to to do two different things with your two different cores. I think that the first elder is the guy that came up with the path of the twin stars, and he has two different paths. Discuss. This is so good. I was trying to figure out for the longest time who the two people were from that path manual, and I love this theory because there's definitely something unique and interesting about the first elder, and so I think there is the possibility that he's way beyond everybody else, and he's he's chosen to not become the patriarch because the patriarch doesn't really do anything to help out the clan that much. They're kind of just going about their business with their path, and so the first elder would be like actually contributing to the path or to the clan's benefit. So maybe he sees that as like a better, nobler purpose. But alternatively, this guy is on some wild path that, or, okay, or Luke, maybe he's got a bunch of paths. So you can split your core once, right? Mm-hmm. What's to stop you from doing it a second time or a third right. time? Maybe he is like the best jack of all trades. Like he's got something always up his sleeve and we just like don't know what it is right okay i don't really have any evidence for that that's just an excited like ooh, maybe this is this right. guy's crazy we, we, and, we, and we don't need that we don't need no. that right now for this no 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 no. but it's possible i'm trying to think what else would signal that he was you know that he had some other kind of power right that he had some other kind of path he was following and i don't know if there's any other explicit signals in the book um, I, I don't know either. Um, if anyone if, if anyone has any more, please let us know. Yeah. But I, I, I think you're right. I don't know if there's any more evidence for that. And I will say, I don't know what path it would be. I don't know what path would allow for this little switcheroo move that he pulls. But I would have to think that there's a, la- a path that does this. Mm-hmm. Or that, that would allow for this to be possible at an advancement level that this first elder could be at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I will say too though, the question comes, where's the other guy from this path manual? Right? We've got right. the one who split his core. Where's the other one? That's true. Yeah. Good okay. question. I wanna I wanna also just in kind of a funny way discuss this little rivalry that these two have. It's too intense of a rivalry. Did you also read this? In the accent of a posh British British aristocrat about to do a duel. <laughs> I did not, but I wish that I had. It's ever, So I've read this twice now, both times. I've read it with a posh British accent of some aristocrat getting ready to duel their rival over the hand of a fair lady or some garbage like that. And I, <laughs> it's incredible. I And I will say, so this this guy that's potentially the first elder unconfirmed Mm -hmm. this guy that splits his core does it solely because he keeps losing his duels with this one person which it seems like splitting your core is a huge life decision right huge life decision and he's like this move i just can't figure it out he doesn't he doesn't try to find a way to block the move although i think he's tried but he he doesn't go to like extreme measures to find a way to block this move. He doesn't just stop fighting this guy. He splits his core because he just keeps losing. Dude. I mean, we don't know how long ago this was. Maybe there were only like five people total. And so really, you just need to figure out a way to... If you can beat one of them, that's what? 
25% of all your opponents you're going to face, I think a split core is worth it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of a, a kind of an interesting move. Summer, kind of childish move, but maybe that was before he was an elder, you know? Could be. Could be. Okay. okay. I, I do want I said I would come back to it, so I want to come back to it. Maybe Linden's wrong, and the first elder pulled the most insane illusion of all time that pretty even everybody in the room wasn't really aware what was going on, right? Well, I guess they're outside, but regardless, we saw the patriarch do kind of a switcheroo when the gold came down and took his head off. Like the patriarch was in a different place than he looked to be. But I do get that he kind of like, he didn't switch places with somebody else. But I think right. you could you could do that with illusions. Like you could make Lyndon's dad think he was in a different place than he was, or you could make the other guy think that he was fighting Lyndon's dad when he wasn't. I think there's a way to do it with illusions. I think it's much less likely, actually, than this guy's got multiple I, yeah. paths. I think it would take like a lot of planning and a lot of... Yeah. A lot of just like unnecessary work and intuition and all of that stuff to pull off this using the path of the white fox. It's it's certainly possible. Like you could find a mechanism for the way that he did this, I think. But I don't know if it's the most likely way. Uh, I agree. I think much more likely this guy's got more than one path. Totally. Way more likely that he split his course. Okay. I love it. Okay. I want to talk about the arena. Luke and uh, if you're listening at home grab a piece of paper it's going to be really helpful for you Luke grab a piece of paper if you if you don't have one or or a pen or just something to write with oh boy okay all right so we learn that the arena is square so draw a square for me on your piece of paper okay all right we also learn it's divided into eight sections so go ahead and divide Divide that square into eight sections for me. Okay. I'm doing... Ooh. Just eight okay, sections, so these are... however, however you want it. Okay. 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 Now, Luke, we need to make a modification because we learn later on, and I'm going to quote the book, Lyndon walked into a square an eighth of the stage. So I'm going to need you to draw... Divide up your square into eight square sections that are each equal. I'll give you a minute. Okay, so mine's not a square. <laughs> You're damn right it's not a square, Luke. Luke, this this stuck with me from the first time I read this book. The, I remember messaging you the first time I read I, this book. I remember this too. This is crazy. And I didn't know how to explain it because this is, this is, I just want to say this is very, this is very nitpicky. <laughs> okay. I didn't know how to explain it the first time I read this book. I know how to explain it now. Okay. Luke, the path of the white fox is all about deception, dreams, illusion. I think the white fox practitioners are the greatest mathematicians of all time and have come up with a way of visualizing geometries that we can't even conceive of. Here's what I mean. It is impossible for us to split up a square into eight equal squares. Mm -hmm. Like to draw lines to split up a square into eight equal squares. We can't do it with our basic garbage foundation level geometry that we've developed but these people on the path of the white fox have developed a crazy way of visualizing geometry that i think we don't even we can't even conceive of and i i think this is true i think they did this i think they divided a square into eight equal squares we just don't have like their math is so much beyond our math okay that they could do they're it. just on another level so we, we don't even know what that means Right. It's like when in some math disciplines, you have to think of things in higher dimensions, like four dimensions and five dimensions. And nobody can really do that. Like, it, it's very difficult for people to do that. And there's like kind of tricks that people have developed, but none of them are very good. The white fox, 
people on the path of the white fox have perfected the way of visualizing things in higher dimensions. Okay. Okay. I can see it. Because there, there, we, we hear that the outside world is much more advanced power-wise than people in the Sacred Valley. But let's say that, I mean, in general, people are kind of the same everywhere, let's say. So uh-huh. if the, the people in Sacred Valley, specifically the Way Clan, are not advancing power-wise as well as people elsewhere, they've got to be advancing in a different way. They're using their right? noodle. They're using their Their noodle mathematical noodle. models are incredible. I mean, you gotta you gotta have these kind of incredible mathematical models to set up these illusions, anyway, right? Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, okay, I'm on board with you there. Very, very impressive. So the the square root of nine, or no, no, the square root of eight for them is an even number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not a fraction; it's an integer. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool, guys. Okay, Dan, how? Is letting Lyndon read a book wasting resources? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, okay, guys, like, fuck off. Just let Lyndon read this freaking book. Okay? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I think that this is absurd. When he asks the first elder for this favor, mm-hmm. and the first elder grants it he's like if you do well i'll let you have a path manual but i'm gonna make someone you know write one up so you don't have to take one so you don't have to take resources from someone else what the what do you mean that's you're in oh okay first of all how do you only have three manuals and if you are just gonna make another one so that Lyndon can read it. Like, make more. What are you doing? <laughs> it's this the is a terrible elder. excuse to not let Lyndon that, learn. It's the eighth elder that controls the library, right? Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, Lyndon sees him and he's drunk on the roof or somewhere outside. You can't have the eighth elder one of those times make a copy. Like, go to the Xerox machine and make a copy of the path manual so that Lyndon can just have it. What? What? Guys. Right. Or you don't have a bullshit like meditation exercise where you make all the foundation students copy down the original path manual like word for word so that they have to like internalize it as they're copying it from the manual itself. You don't have some bullshit like that. Come on. What? So, okay. What are we doing? Let's, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but this makes me think that they're keeping Lyndon down for different reasons, right? Well, which yeah. Which leads me to a different point, and I think we'll see this outside of Sacred Valley, but there are benefits that someone can, can provide if they don't have, if they're not like super strong in the sacred arts, right? Uh, like, what do you mean? Give me an example. Okay, okay. So someone at the foundation level should be able to do certain tasks at the same abilities as someone at the iron level. Oh, Not yeah, all yeah, tasks. Yeah. Like the iron, someone that's an iron would be a better even like farmer because they can, you know, physically do more. But things like cleaning up the bathrooms... That's a that's a service that an unsold should be able to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things like so, watching Sports Center all day and then summarizing the key events that happen to you because you're too busy to watch every sports game. Right. For sure, an unsold could do that. Someone's got to be filling in box scores. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this put this little thing in here. I think they're I think they're trying not to let Lyndon advance so that they can have someone to do these little tasks that no one else wants them to do. Right, like like feeding Elder Whisper. Sure, an iron could run up in like 10 seconds and not be winded at all, but Elder Whisper is not going to be mad if somebody takes a little bit longer to bring the fish. Probably fine. Probably fine, yeah. Okay, that's, a, that's another small thing. 
I, I've got while we're on small things, Luke. Before Lyndon starts his fight among the other foundation level children, the patriarch walks by this like bench with all the way kids on it, and I'm gonna read the line from the book about what he does. So, the patriarch winked at the children, ignoring Lyndon. How do you wink at a group of people and intentionally ignore just one of them? There's two options for this, Luke. First option, he's winking a lot. (laughs) It's not one wink. Everybody gets their own wink. Everybody gets a wink except Lyndon. Second option. He has perfected the art of illusion so effectively. Everybody else sees him wink at them, except Lyndon. Ooh. So Lyndon, Lyndon sees... But, but Lyndon also knows that, they, that he winked. Exactly. It's That's a good so move. perfect an illusion that Lyndon doesn't have to see it to know it happened. Wow, very impressive. I I like that one. Because it also it also implies a level of effort that the patriarch is going through to ignore Lyndon. It's not that he's ignoring Lyndon. He's providing a lot of effort so that everyone knows that he's ignoring Lyndon. To not include Lyndon in this wink. Yeah. Power move. I mean, Incredibly not really powerful. power move, but it, it it gives a lot of a lot of social opportunities for people in the path of the white fox, right? Mm-hmm. So many gestures that you could do, so many little little ways of implying things. Like he the the patriarch of the Way Clan is one of the few people that can convey sarcasm over text, is what I'm hearing from Ooh. this. Yeah, 100%. And there's no emoji you can add that will actually convey the sarcasm, but the Patriarch of the Way clan has just figured it out perfectly. Yeah, that's 100% true. Or third alternative is that they're sitting on a bench, Lyndon is at the far end, and the Patriarch goes and stands and like cuts off Lyndon with his body and winks at everyone else. Which is, uh, which, is, which is not. much less subtle, but just, just as rude. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about, ooh, I'm, I'm going to introduce a new segment to our podcast. Oh. Okay. A new segment. This segment is called Check Your Privilege. Okay, all right. From Suriel's perspective, when she comes in and sees the tournament she sees linden fighting like all of the children she makes a note of it she's like here's someone that has been given nothing has been given less than nothing but is making the best out of it where is your baseline because linden has his own house at like age 14 age seven they give they give kids in this world a house as soon as they get, I think, what did it say? To like, once they find their path, they get a house. I, I don't remember exactly what it is, okay. but it's, it's, regardless, it's very early. Lyndon has his own house with tons of space and she sees his future and he's like going to get married and have kids and have a very happy life. It's like, okay, sure. Lyndon doesn't have the affinity for the sacred arts that we would want him to. But Lyndon, check your fucking privilege, man. You've got a lot. Okay, <laughs> Lyndon's not saying this. It's Suriel that's saying this. After she has flown past the hordes of like wild people that live in the Sacred Valley who aren't part of a clan, who have to right. just fend for themselves and like eat the leftovers from the clans because they're so powerful... And she's like, oh, yeah, Lyndon, he has a bad rap, man. He got a bad, a bad roll of those dice. Mm. Lyndon, like, works in the library and has his own house. Lyndon sleeps on a bed that is nicer than anyone else's bed. He tells us a lot. It's full of cloud madra. It's fantastic. My bed's not full of cloud madra. I, 
Like, sure, he gets bullied a little bit, but I... It's fine. Like, it's fine. Okay, well, it's it's not... Hold on. It's not fine. Like, sure, people can kill him whenever they want to, and which is kind of weird, I'm going to say. It is kind of weird, yeah. Yeah. But still. Yeah, I, I, I also want to note, she sees him pick up an eight-year-old after disabling him and throw him out of a ring. And it's like, you could have just pushed him out. You didn't need to, like, <laughs> King Kong lift him up over your head and throw him. He's an eight-year-old. Why did you do that, Lyndon? But, I mean... And I, and, and I do love the little scenes where Lyndon is doing some trash talk to the crowd here. Right? He, like, waves at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the, I love the smirk on his face as everybody is like booing him. That to me is very satisfying. I think they deserved it. For sure. While we're talking about the clans, what clan are you in? Luke, we got three clans to choose mm. from. Kazan, Wei, and Lee. What's your clan? So, okay, the Wei clan is the Deception and Illusions clan. Yep. And they they wear like normal clothes, I guess. I'm I'm considering kind of. them kind of normal. Yeah. The Kazan clan, I don't know how it's pronounced, is I I kind of forget what their path is. Do you remember? It's like the mountain path. They're very like oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So they like forge arm they're all wearing armor and they forge weapons or or bricks or whatever. And then the and then the the Lee clan wears tons of jewelry, and I don't know if we get very much indication of what their path is. I have no idea what their path is. Okay, okay. So we've got to base it on just the surface level stuff that we know about these clans. Right. I'm not a big jewelry guy. Not a big jewelry guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think wearing very tasteful armor is kind of cool. So I'm going Kazan Clan. Yeah, Kazan Clan is for sure the one you go. I, there's not even a, I, for me, there's not even a, a contest. And here's why. Okay, there's way too many. You're wearing way too much jewelry in the Lee Clan. The, mm-hmm. It's described that the, the, the Jade practitioners are wearing two rings per finger. That makes it impossible to do like anything. So no way. I'm not going to touch that. Terrible, terrible move. Uh, <clears throat> if I'm high up in the Wei Clan... Every morning when I wake up, I'm like bumping into the walls of my house trying to find the bathroom because they're all made of mirrors and dream illusions. And I'm just like trying to live my freaking life. So, no, I don't want to be a part of the Way clan. No, thank you. Yes, the first elder's house seems miserable. It's I'll say yeah, that. it's terrible. Like, you Lyndon know, gets a headache like first minute. He's bumping into the walls like nonstop in that house. Right. Uh huh. And. In the Kazan clan, you get... They also rode in on giant stone dogs. These cool, like, mech creatures that they have. These cool constructs they have. Excellent. You get to wear dope armor. You're, like, trained for fighting, which is sounds like that's all these people do. The The only downside is your badge makes you look like Flava Flav a little bit. Because your badge is, like... They described it as two hands put together as the size of your badge. It's a big and you're badge. Wearing, you're wearing that around your neck all the time. It's got a lot of flavor flav energy that I'm not super into. You're you're developing scoliosis pretty quickly. Yeah, your neck is not in a good spot with that heavy badge on. But, but you can I, choose that... some really taste you can choose a tasteful armor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe you inset the badge into your breastplate or something. That, then it's a cool mm-hmm. emblem. Then you're looking dope. So, yeah. Kazan clan for sure. Or Ka- Kazan. I don't know. I don't know how we're saying this clan. Definitely that clan. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Okay. Now that we're talking about the clans. Mm-hmm. I don't... I have, I have kind of a question that I don't have necessarily a theory for. But just something that's interesting to me that I think is a little unexplained that could that potentially we'll learn about later. And that's that these three clans, as well as the four schools, 
but I don't think the four schools really like compete for territory that much. But the clans do. Mm-hmm. These three clans have been competing for this territory in the Sacred Valley for a th- I I I'm gonna say a thousand years again. I don't know it how said, long it is. It said like a thousand generations, I think. Ooh, okay. Or, yeah. or a hundred. It, it, it says like either a hundred or a thousand generations. Yeah, yeah. That's a crazy amount of time for there to be basically the status quo. I think that there's something keeping each clan from dominating the other, right? Because I would think that over a certain amount of time, one clan would get more powerful than another clan or one clan would like get less powerful right i would have to think that that would happen Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we hear from i think it's surreal that there are there are forces protecting the sacred valley things like you know tons of miles of a terrible forest that sounds awful um like superstition is another one and then she mentions that there are people people for lack of better word that are protecting it i think that there's something being done by these people to also keep the clans in in balance i don't really know why or how but i just i don't think that there can be a way that they're staying at their same relative positions for a hundred generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this and is... And I also... This, this is kind of forecasting a little bit, I think, but we hear some about these four beasts that I think gods, are mentioned that they're called dread gods. Yeah. The, one of them is going to come destroy Sacred Valley, and that's what Linden's hopefully saving everyone from. But the way that Sacred Valley is kind of described makes it seem important for the world, right? Like, the the more we see of the world, the less significant Sacred Valley seems because it's much weaker. But there's also these, these forces that have a weird interest in Sacred Valley. And yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what that is yet, but the, I think there's, there's some things that others are doing that are keeping things in Sacred Valley a certain way. That's for sure true. I think... Not only are they keeping all of the clans in balance, somebody's got to be keeping all of the clans at war. Because mm-hmm. after a after a hundred generations, you don't have anybody who stands up and says, "Guys, we should chill a little bit." Maybe we've been doing this for a very long time. What if we just chilled out for like a second? So yeah. b- somebody's got to have had that idea in a hundred generations. They've got to have said, hey, we're not really getting anywhere. We've been fighting each other for hundreds of years. Could we not? Oh, here's an idea. <laughs> Could we not? All right, let's talk. We've we've stayed so far relatively early in the book. Let's talk when Lyndon gets to this Heaven's Glory school. First of all, it looks fantastic. Let's say great that. School. Beautiful school. Looks Looks great. Whatever these walls are made of incredible great job on the gardens this is this is just a delightful place to be in um and then i don't care i don't care that we later actually get to ransack the treasure hall i don't care that we get some of these treasures linden taking these boundary flags is unforgivable to me i want to talk about this so bad it's insane. Luke, this was, this was going to be a question I was going to ask you, Luke. You've got your pick of the treasure hall. What are you picking? Of the things we've seen, what do you pick that obviously Lyndon shouldn't have? Like, that obviously Lyndon should have picked. If he could pick if, one thing, what is if you're, Lyndon If you're pick? Lyndon specifically in this case. Yes, you're Lyndon. You're, you're, you're picking that little flower thing that, gives you, that gets you to copper immediately. Yeah. Am I wrong? Okay, my only reason for not picking that is I think Elder Rom gives a considerable counter, which is that they're about to give him a bunch of elixirs and potions. 
Okay, okay, yes, but... And you don't know you're about to get your ass handed to you and those stolen. Although I think you should. <laughs> yeah, but then you could just have the flower stolen. No, but you take the flower and you eat it there. Okay, all right. If okay. you're Linden and you have Linden's experiences... Like, okay, Linden in the early stages of this book went out, risked his life, and got this little, like, pear that was incredible for him and takes it home. And even his own family is like, you don't fucking get this. We're taking that from you. Granted, they don't do it in a violent way. Mm -hmm. But he knows that people at the school don't like him. Mm. And he even, like, he even mm. gets up early to go get his elixirs so he knows that this is a danger okay. yeah yeah okay and he also knows that he needs something now like to benefit him now. yes yes absolutely i i think you go you go with this little flower thingy that gets you to copper i i definitely support that i would have gone with the the sentinel creature so there was one of them. It only shows up when he's being shown the objects. He doesn't end up with it in the end. But one of them is a thing that will like stay with you and block attacks from people that are coming mm -hmm. at you. Okay, that is also a very good one. It's like, a, it's like, like a little defensive construct. Exactly. And like Lyndon could take like one hit. He could take one hit and he's done and he's dead. But if he has this little guy floating around, oh, boom, dodged it, dodged it, empty palm, dead, gotcha. Okay, but no, he's That's like- That's fair, you might have convinced me here. He's like, I'd like the banners, I'd like seven <laughs> banners to put in a circle, and then I'd like to lure somebody into that circle and pray that they don't knock one of the banners over. Just like- Really hope they don't get close to the edge and kick one of those banners over. Because that would be it for me. That would ruin it. This is the worst thing. And at the end, he even says it. At the end, he's taking stock of all the treasures he's collected. And he's like, yeah, the banners were definitely the worst of all of these. <laughs> Linden, you fool. I, to be fair, he made it work. But if I'm choosing between seven cool-looking banners that remind me of home... Or a cloud that can fly. Give me the flying cloud right now. I need to go find Yaren in the mountains somewhere. That's my right. goal. Give me the flying cloud. I'll fly up there right now. Right. So, okay. This is, this is, yeah, this is the main point. I don't, I don't care how well he utilized these banners. I don't care that they came in handy and helped him kill Darrett, I think is his name. Mm -hmm. it, it's still unforgivable that you chose this. Right. right. Hey, Luke, Luke, he was feeling a little homesick. These had it's a been white, like a day. These had a white fox on them and they looked pretty. God. They matched okay. his style. They're in his style. Okay. Brief, brief aside, Luke, I'm going to walk us back just a half a hair. The The vision we get of, of Lyndon's future that Serial shows him was pretty nice, right? Yeah. I kind of like love that. Because, it, it was it was like, it was pleasant. We'll yeah, say that. it was pleasant because the whole book, everybody is shitting on Lyndon the whole time. And this vision that he ends up like succeeding and doing pretty well and having a pretty happy life was kind of satisfying. I really liked it. That's all I want to say about that, because, okay. because I've got another theory, Luke. This is going to sound crazy, but it's going to make sense immediately. Luke, no one in the Sacred Valley needs to eat. Have we ever in this book seen people eat things not to upgrade their core? Ooh, I has, don't remember. Has anyone ever complained about being hungry yaren was on a mountain for weeks doesn't eat a thing no okay. one needs to eat now 
I think there's a potential that outside the Sacred Valley, some for some reason, you need to eat because they sell those Oro's fruits for, as a delicacy to outside traders. But nobody in the Sacred Valley needs to eat. Interesting. I think you might. So, okay, you're definitely right that I can't really remember them talking about being hungry or really seeing people eat. It or definitely wasn't a notable part of any scene. Or sitting down for a meal. Uh, Lyndon's dad drinks wine. Here's here's what I'll say. And here's here's my, my, my theory on why this works. Uh-huh. That you might have a different one. Uh-huh. This one's pretty not interesting. I would guess that they can just use their mad, madra. Madra? Madra. I say madra, yeah. I, I would guess that they can just use their madra to sustain them. But... Okay, and I maybe... Would think, and I would think that you would want to eat instead so that you can preserve your matcha. Yeah, I, I would think that too. And and now that I think about it, I don't know if it has to be limited to the Sacred Valley at this point, because maybe, you know, a delicacy is something that tastes good. It's not something that's super nourishing. So maybe people just like eating this fruit. They don't need to eat it for sustenance. But every time we get an image of somebody eating something, it's always to boost their core a little bit. Whether it's the white mm -hmm. fox that the people are hunting because they think it'll boost their power or the fruit that Lyndon finds that'll boost his power. Nobody's ever having breakfast. There's never a around the breakfast table. Lyndon said to his mom, hey, can you pass the butter? It's like, hey, throw me that elixir so I can boost my madra today, dog. Sling me some of those pills yeah there's no eating in this book there's no eating in this world they're sleeping a lot of sleeping no a lot eating. of sleeping no eating no eating yet we'll say that sure <laughs> keep an eye out everybody keep, keep an eye out for for food if anybody eats food in one of these books coming up tweet at us i'm looking and specifically food for like body sustenance because not, they're hungry not, right not for like replenishing madra or other sacred arts related activities right. just food to enjoy and not feel hungry anymore yeah we'll see luke i don't i really don't think anybody needs to eat okay potentially potentially yeah all right let's I'm also going to talk a little bit farther about when Yaren gets to, you know, they've gone through. Lyndon has met with Yaren. They've come back. They've gone through the Heaven's Glory School. And then they've, they've Yaren decimated. is ready to they've go. They've decimated the Heaven's Glory School. Right. And then uh, Yaren is ready to go confront her master's remnant. And it's like this awesome liquid steel looking guy with some amazing little sword thingies. And then I was thinking about how your remnant probably says a lot about you. Uh-huh. I just, I think it would be rough if you were like kind of a scrub and you died in a noob way and then left some like shitty remnant. That'd be a that'd be that'd be a tough way to go, you know. Anyone that's anyone that's not super strong is getting embarrassed after they die. That's tough. That is really tough. If you leave behind a remnant that kind of sucks, if your remnant is just like a a frog, that's just like pretty much a normal frog, you know. Maybe it glows. Oh, you left a glowing frog behind. You kind of suck. Right. I mean. I think Elder Whitehall leaves behind kind of a shitty remnant. That this is the by person all I'm indications, of, yeah. by all indications, he's a pretty strong guy for yeah. the Sacred Valley. Mm -hmm. But he leaves behind some little like imp dude who just yeah. sits there waiting for Lyndon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems I don't know if that's a function of him dying in like kind of a noob way because it's like you just fell off a cliff, dude. Come on. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a function of his weird, corrupt body. Because he said he kind of messed up his insides and wasn't as powerful mm -hmm. 
as if he hadn't turned into a child body. Right. So I think that Ooh. might be a part of it too. That's a good that's a good question that I don't I don't think we know the answer to. What how many factors go into the like strength and design of your remnant? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Does obviously your power level does? Does yes. the method in which you die factor in? I'm assuming your path does. Right, because different people leave behind like similar remnants and i think it's said at one point that the remnants are linked to what path they followed right but like if you die from trying to steal a candy bar out of a vending machine and it falling on you are you leaving behind a shittier remnant than if you die from like saving a child from uh getting hit by a bus oh man Probably. Like, I imagine in the first case, your remnant is like a shitty Snickers or something. Uh huh. And somebody lifts up the vending machine and they just see, like, a maybe a vibrating Snickers bar underneath of it. They're like, that's very strange. I, yeah, I would think that it's, it's got to have some effect. I think that's completely fair. We don't know, we don't know a lot about remnants yet, aside from the fact that they're proto Pokemon. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. still an open question if that affects it let's keep an eye on that in the future and i think the way we could kind of test it is if two people in the same path kind of different power levels die like do their remnants look different based on what happened to them we can kind of keep an eye on on that for sure yeah oh but a vibrating snickers bar is a rough remnant to leave behind it is because also like no one's gonna want to eat that can you also it's imagine green? It's for sure. It's one of those Shrek Snickers. Ew, mm. no one likes those. Nobody liked those Shrek Snickers. Come on. Uh, I also wonder, like, if when you die, you could, like, I kind of, part of me thinks the remnant could be similar to, like, a soul. So maybe when you die, you're, like, stuck looking through the eyes of your remnant. You don't necessarily have the greatest control over it. But you can, like, at least see what's going on as the remnant and kind of see where you are. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that makes it even worse. If you get, like, Elder Whitehall gets killed by an unsold who does a dope move to take him off this cliff. And then he's watching from the bottom as this weird toad imp creature, like, damn it, I wanted to be a cool remnant. Yeah, I wanted to be at least a cool remnant with, like, dope wings or, like, laser beams or something yeah although it kind of deserves it honestly because he kind of sucks yeah, he kind of sucked so yeah i guess that i guess that kind of brings us to the end end of unsold be sure to hit us up if you disagree with any of our theories we'd love to hear from you but next week we're going to be reading an entire book again that's the second book in the cradle series it's called Soulsmith, enjoy that and uh get ready disciples for we your masters are an ever-flowing stream of hot takes like the great father's tears and we'll be continuing to develop our school of dumb nerds <laughs>